in a world where fans are forever restless, the rules are ever-changing, and you have to be told just how much your favorite team blows to rise above the rest. Welcome to the Couch Coaches with your hosts, Lacey Kay and Drew Hale. Happy New Year to everyone out there in the one, the only podcast land. It is the Couch Coaches. Welcome back, Couchies. I'm your host, Lacey Kay, with my co-host, Drew Hale. I like that, Couchies. I kind of dig that a lot. And Rachel. Hey, guys. You guys have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, Rachel has a really, really good one, so I'll let her go first. No, I don't. <laughs> I thought you, thought you were just saying about drawing eyebrows too close together. Yeah, you're going to stop drawing first, eyebrows. First, I need to work on even drawing my eyebrows. <laughs> no, I think you should keep your real ones. Um, my caterpillars? Yeah. But um, no, guys. Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of the New Year. I am stoked. Lots of stuff going on. We got the playoff, the first weekend of playoff matchups coming Woo! up. We're going to talk on that. A lot of coaching firings. So as always, the coaching carousels because of Black Monday. And that's not to say some of the other coaches there in the playoffs, if they don't perform, won't be added to the list. And then some pretty big news that's been going on for like the past week, week and a half that we have to touch on. So big episode for you tonight. Strong episode for you tonight. Expect some arguing. Expect some, you know, enthusiasm. And I'm ready to get this stuff going. Anything to say before we start going? Let's get ready to talk football. Oh, I like that. Actually, it didn't sound too bad. I was kind of worried when you started it, but it doesn't sound too bad. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's a gift. All right, so starting off, this is the wild card weekend that's coming up, but we have some news to talk about before we get into those matchups. Um, what I want to start with is some of the smaller news. Patrick Mahomes hit the 50 touchdown mark, only third quarterback to ever do that. Did, did you see this at the beginning of the season? We did, Mahomes was a big question mark for Kansas City, um, and that's the only reason I had them finishing as badly as they did in the standings, not because I thought they'd be a bad team, but because... The huge question mark at the most important position on the field. He finishes with 50 touchdowns. He's probably going to win the MVP, if we're being honest. He better. Right? So, I mean, congratulations to him. Did you see it coming? Um, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, I don't think anybody in, in their right mind saw oh, it coming, sure aside from Patrick Mahomes. would be like, absolutely, like you could see it. You yeah, know right. what I mean? Those are liars. No. <laughs> Those are yeah, liars. 50 touchdowns. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, when you think about all the great, iconic quarterbacks that are playing right now, I mean, even quarterbacks like Drew Brees, you know, never threw 50 touchdown passes in a season. Uh, you know, you're looking at the Brett Favre's of the world. I mean, you know, like, it, it's crazy to think that. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes adds his name to a list of, of only Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. First full year starting, too. First full year starting. I mean, completely insane. Uh, hats off to the kid. I mean, that's great. That's fantastic. Brings his, uh, brings his team to the playoffs. Uh, you know, clinches a first-round bye. I mean, <clears throat> incredible work. But, uh, yeah, no one saw that coming out. Do you expect a lot out of him in this playoffs? <clears throat> you know, I, I don't think so. No. no. Um, I think they're they're one and done. Really? Uh, yeah, I would say. Okay, okay. <clears throat> interesting thing. We don't know who they'll be playing yet, but it's very interesting for you to say that they don't have a defense. It's going to be a shootout, whatever, whoever they face. Yeah, not only do they not have a defense, but they have no, no talent with playoff winning experience. Well, yeah. But, I mean, we'll see. Including Andy Reid, basically. Oh ha! God. Here we go. Ho, ho, you shots fired. Yeah, all right. obviously Andy Reid won some playoff games. Okay, he wasn't the only one. Um, Baker breaks the rookie touchdown record for quarterbacks with 27. Right? Without playing the full season. Without playing a full season. Yet loses to another rookie quarterback who didn't start the whole season in Lamar Jackson. Um, but no, congratulations to Baker. We knew at the preseason that how accurate it was, the kind of fire he brought. 
I can't speak for everyone, but I figured we at least thought he'd bring that same enthusiasm, the same leadership. And we've kind of seen that this season from him. We've seen the accuracy for the most part. Um, he does take some chances, but he's usually really good with the ball. He's led that team, um, even with some of the jabs at his former coach, Hugh Jackson. Um, but he had a really good year. That Cleveland Browns team should be really proud of how they did, and they should be excited for next year as long as they continue to build right and hire the right head coach. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think finding the right head coach is going to be critical. Absolutely. <clears throat> but, um, but, yeah, I think they've got a, they've got a, a, a super building defense. I mean, if, if somebody can get in there and really put those pieces together, I mean, they're going to be better than they even were this season. You know what I mean? And they didn't have a terrible defense this season to begin with. Uh, and then, obviously, Baker coming into his second year. We'll see how his sophomore season goes. But I agree. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you had Saquon Barkley. Woo! Um, not, not really breaking records, but he, he finished the season with 91 catches, which is the most by any rookie running back in NFL history. But it was also top five, I believe, in any position this year. In catches as a rookie running back, 91 catches, and then he've had he's only the third player ever to have over 2,000 scrimmage yards in a season. So, hmm. I mean, he had one hell of a year. I mean, there's other good rookies out there for offensive player of the year, but I, I like I called from the beginning of the season, I expect him to this not to be close and him to win offensive rookie of the year. I would hope so. Again, here's my question <clears throat> Do you think he repeats the performance next year? Yes. My answer is, I sure as hell hope not. Really? Yes. Why not? Two reasons. One, uh, elite running back talent is already fragile, as it is, right? Number one, it's hard to come by. Number two, we see that when you find it and you overwork them, in, in most cases, right, they're heavily injury prone. Uh, <clears throat> two, the, the, that offense cannot rely so heavily on, on Saquon Barkley with the talent that they have. Right, they've got talent at the tight end position. They've got elite talent at the wide receiver position. They've got elite talent, obviously, now at the running back position. Their defense on paper, phenomenal. They just cannot continue to rely and be so incredibly one-dimensional uh, and be ran so heavily with one person. Because uh, remember, the Giants haven't put up a lot of points in a lot of matchups this year. So for him to have all the yards that he has, it's just so... It just goes to show, right, how cr how crazy heavy they were. I don't know what percentage of the Giants' total offense Saquon Barkley made up, but I would imagine it's pretty incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's quite a bit. OBJ didn't play in all the games, and when he was playing, he didn't have quarterbacks really get him the ball most times. They have other weapons there. It's just they can't get them utilized, like how easy it is for Barkley to come in and do it, whether they're just turning around and handing the ball off to him or just running a little you know, wheel route to the outside or coming across the middle for a few yards from the underneath passes. But it's easy to get him the ball with how talented he is and the fact that he's right there constantly with Eli Manning so Eli Manning can't fuck it up. God bless you, by the way. Thank you, thank you. But, you know, I, I don't think there will be much drop-off on barring injury, knock on wood, because I don't want to see that happen. But, um, no, he's just that great of a running back. Uh, me and uh, Dustin, our former intern, we're talking about uh, this last night, kind of, because other than a few names that you can throw out there, when you're talking about just watching, not saying he's going to end up in the top tier like some of these running backs, but just watching him play, it's so easy to be impressed by him and see things that you've only seen in a handful of running backs that we actually have gotten to watch, whether it be, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson, AP. Not saying he's the same kind of runners, but the kind of stuff he can do as a player as amazing as that can be, Emmett Smith, 
you know, some of those players, he just does, he does amazing things. Like, I seen him play in this Week 17 matchup against Dallas. It didn't mean anything. LVE, who everyone raves about, beat him to an open hole in the offensive line. LVE got behind the offensive lineman, <clears throat> met Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and a yard away, he made LVE miss, sidestepped, and just completely went the other direction. And it's those kind of things, or him getting hit in midair, you know, and him not losing his balance and hitting the ground, keep running, the hurdles he does, the spins, um, the way he breaks tackles but can also beat people with speed. It's just insane to see. And I think he not yet is the best running back in the league, but I think he's the future best running back in the league, and I think he's the most physically talented running back in the league right now. <clears throat> Man, you're really hyping up. You're, you are the president of the Saquon Barkley. I'm network. telling you. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know that I, footage. I don't know that I agree with all of that. Because mainly here's what I'm saying. I don't think the Giants will be – a successful playoff contender ever if they have to rely on Saquon Barkley doing what he did this year. I highly disagree, but continue. Okay. I, that's it. I just oh, okay. don't think they're going to. Well, I don't I, think they're I'm going just to. Saying, I think if they wanted to, they don't have to because they have the weapons on the outside as well. Um, but if they wanted to transition to a run-first team, they made improvements on the offensive line. They have a perennial Pro Bowl or perennial All-Pro in the backfield. Okay. So even if you didn't want to go and you need a high-name quarterback, you could bring in a game manager or just an above-average quarterback, make the easy throws, turn around, hand the ball off to Barkley, you know, get a couple pieces on defense. I think you're competing maybe not next year, even though I expect them to, you know, contend for the playoffs next year, barring injury. But two, three years from now, them being a team as long as built right to consistently make the playoffs. And it'll be because of Barkley. He's that big of a deal. Do <clears throat> do the Giants move on from Eli Manning, yes or no? Um, I hope so. I think they need to because I think if Eli comes back, whether even, even, if, he, even if he were to come back and play a little bit better, it's not going to be enough to get them there. Barkley's already playing at a high level. I can't see him playing too much higher just because he's doing so much already. Like, There's only so much a person can do. But if you if you get the right person in there, to, you know, take care of, manage the backfield, get some pieces on the defense, people come back healthy, you know, you utilize everyone. I think they they might be the most talented team in the NFC East. So does... From a talent perspective. <clears throat> do they keep Eli Manning next year, yes or no? Yes. Okay. I think they do. Um, only because, like a lot of these teams, I don't see... There's not too many options out there in free agency or in the draft so far. So unless you just you're going to be like a needy team and you're just going to go for a quarterback that has a high potential but is going to take a while and you're just going to throw him out there, I don't think that's going to work. And like we've talked about Teddy was the only one that we really seen as a free agent prospect, but he played this past weekend and he didn't look too look too great. I'm not holding that against him, but he's hurting his stock <coughs> for being the main quarterback in this free agency class. So, as much as I don't want to see it, unless you're going to trade for someone, if you think there's a backup there, unless you're going to get Teddy and then like expect him to do great things or be that game manager and be a run first team, like I was saying. Um, as much as I don't agree with Eli, even if you pick up someone else, it's not a long term solution. You wait at least two years, find your quarterback of the future, you add him with Barkley. Maybe if OBJ is still there, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, and add some pieces to, around you until then, and then two years from now, be a consistent playoff you know, team. 
interesting stat really quick. <clears throat> Since 2004, when, when Eli Manning uh, started playing in New York, he, this year he had his third lowest touchdown total. Uh, he had his third lowest touchdown to- total. His uh, passer rating was actually 92.4, so not bad. Okay, His fourth highest of his career, third highest of his career. Um, and he had 11 interceptions on 21 touchdowns. So 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. However, Eli Manning has also never gone a year without throwing double-digit picks. His interception average over his career is about 17 uh, interceptions in a season. His uh, passer rating average is about 84. So <clears throat> that sounds like Colin Kaepernick numbers. Um, and listen, I'm not sitting here advocating for Colin Kaepernick, you know, or, or anything. All I'm saying is that he could be a I, backup QB in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Eli Manning is at best a backup quarterback in the NFL. Like I think, frankly, Colin Kaepernick is, is at best oh, a backup quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. So I think he could be a good backup. A great, yeah, great backup. Frankly, they, I mean, I don't think Eli Manning <clears throat> would ever do that. But if he really wanted to play that long, to go to a contender, I think a contender would sign him, and then. In the worst case scenarios, if their starter gets hurt, whatever, at least you have an experienced quarterback who's made Pro Bowls, who might be a Hall of Famer, who's won the Super Bowl MVP and won Super Bowls against the Patriots, nonetheless, to come in as a backup. I think that sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. What was that interruption? Did we catch that? Oh, anyway, um, so uh, it's not terrible. That's for sure. That's uh, that's actually Rachel and Snapchat stories. <laughs> Uh, Snapchat stories are life for those of you out there that don't know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but no, yeah, seriously, so I boring. I don't. Uh, no one's making you sit there. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree. So, uh, but I don't know. I, like I said, I think he's a good backup. I hope they move on this year. I, I I'm with you though. I don't think they're gonna. All right. So going on to the next one. So we have a new record that was set twice in the same day. Um, huh. Travis Kelsey broke the tight end receiving record for a season with 1,336 yards that was held previously by Rob Gronkowski and had it for a good about a time that he really got to enjoy, about an hour, right? Before only it was broken again by George Kittle of the 49ers, who I am a fan of, and he finished with 1,377 yards, so he beat him by 41 yards, all right? But I want to know, one, what do you think about it being broken twice within an hour apart of each other between Kelsey and Kittle. And then two, what do you think that says about Kittle? Because everyone knows Kelsey. Everyone says he's a top two tight end, might, you know, could argue the top tight end spot. Not that many people are aware of Kittle. Like if you follow football, you might know about him, but you don't know the level he's playing. And now he goes and breaks that record after an amazing year. So give me your feedback on that. Number one, I think that the thing that I most infamously know George Kittle for is rushing a presser, a post-game presser, so that he can catch a WWE uh, football event that was in town in San Francisco. <laughs> so that was the most legendary uh, thing about George Kittle that I know. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, listen, Kittle's a big-time sleeper. Uh, I, I mean, it's insane what he's done this year, again, with nobody, right? With uh, what? Who, who they have? Blaine Gabbert? I mean, I don't, who's their quarterback right now? No, uh, it was no, uh, who's Nick. Blaine, Nick uh, Blaine Gabbert's in Tennessee. Yeah. He's Tennessee's tap back. Um, Nick something. The backup for 49ers because yeah, he's irrelevant. Jimmy G got hurt. Right, so he's irrelevant. So at any rate, again, he Nick did it Mullins? with... Nick Mullins? Nick Mullins, that's Nick it. Mullins. Nick Mullins. Uh, he did it with complete irrelevancy at quarterback, 
right? So, which, which actually, no, I'm not going to say that because Nick Mullins is, they beat some some decent teams for no reason at all. The tight end is the quarterback's best friend. <laughs> no, there's no doubt about right? that. Well, frankly, there's no one else in on that offense. Um, <laughs> Everyone got hurt. <laughs> so, but uh, but at any rate, seriously, I mean, it, it's 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 funny to me. I mean, at, at best, uh, it got beat within an hour. That's hilarious. Um, I'm sure Travis Kelsey's laughing about it as well somewhere. He's like, God damn it. Like, yeah. fucking. Listen. Travis Kelsey is still the best tight end in football. Uh, I mean, George Kittle, love you, buddy. Um, you're a top five for sure, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you maybe top three after this season and the performance you had. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, hats off to uh, Senor Kittle for sure. Senor Kittle. Um, I mean, I know he's in California, but I don't. Senor Kittle. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he's got some his, some uh, ancestry somewhere. But. Um, but no, I mean. Like the thing is, you're right in saying that Kittle is a sleeper tight end, but it's not because of his play. It's just because he's not playing for a well-known out there team. His name's not out there. There's not a lot of their games on TV. You don't get to see him play a lot, so he doesn't get a lot of recognition, a lot of you know TV time. But he's had he had a really good year last year when he was drafted, and he by far put a stamp on his career so far with for this sure. season. So I'm excited to see him go there, especially if Jimmy G stays healthy and utilizes him, which I can see why he wouldn't. Um, and if they continue to draft right or bring in some heavy free agents because they're going to have a lot of cap space, a top a top uh, 10 draft pick. So as long as they keep the ad there. Um, and who, who's your boy coaching there in San Francisco? What's that? Who's your boy coaching there? Oh, Shanahan. Kyle Sh- Shanahan. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. I think they can do a lot. So, you know, hats off to Kittle. I'm glad you're finally getting the recognition <coughs> you deserve. Um, but that was a lot of records that we talked about just in this last weekend before the wild card weekend um but there was some other news some other big news one being you now i like him too but your boy more your boy mike mayock yeah being hired by the raiders as their new gm i, I want to ask a couple Incredible. questions here like one all right i we know he knows what he's doing in the media landscape when it comes to the draft do you think that transitions well to the gm spot yes two do you think it works well with what gruden has there in their relationship yes <laughs> and three, how long, if you think two previous le- previous yeses, which you do, before they get some talent in there and get that team turned around? Uh, two years for the playoffs. Really? Oh, yeah. And you thought I was being crazy with the Giants. All right, let me hear it. Why? Listen, I think that <clears throat> them bringing in Mike Mayock, number one, is, is so calculated, right? John Gruden's the biggest question mark on that fucking team. You know what I mean? Because I, I didn't, I didn't really like the Gruden transition to Oakland to begin with. I mean, the guy hasn't coached in a decade. Uh, you know, he announces great. He understands schemes and concepts from 15 years ago. That's super cool. But like, you know, I don't like it really to begin with. Gruden in there as a head coach. I love Mike Mayock as a GM. At the time they bring him in, let's think about this for a second, okay? They bring him in at a time where he just spent all year scouting college football, which is his job, literally. It's what he gets paid millions of dollars to do right now, okay? Here's the other thing. They bring him in at a time when they own the draft next year. So they've got more picks in the upcoming draft than any other team. So you got you got a team with a ton of draft picks, and you've got, in my opinion, the biggest, the best draft guru that we've probably ever seen in Mike Mayock. The GM's number one job, right, in, in any franchise is to find, recruit, and manage talent. Okay, not players, but talent. All right, so so contractual stuff, uh, bringing in free agents, you know, uh, hiring uh, uh, hiring coaches, offensive coordinators to helping coaches with offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, uh, and then obviously, of course, working with uh, working with budget caps and 
the draft. So, uh, listen, I think that you can get a lot of people with a lot of experience and education that can do most of the other shit. The intangible that Mike Mayock brings to your franchise is that he is a genius when it comes to pairing talent with systems. And I think we've seen that countless years. And uh, I think it only the Oakland Raiders won big time in this. Big time. I'm not trying to share on your dreams because we both like Mike Mayock. Um, but it, I'm just being a little bit more hesitant with this because, one, being a great, great uh, person when it comes to the draft scene in the media is not the same as working in the front office, okay? Even if he hits the GM part when it comes to the draft, like you said, you still have to worry about free agents out there on the street. You know, you have to worry about getting the kind of roadmap if it links up with what John Gruden wants and finding talent to fit that personal scheme. And if it's out there. And then, like, I think it helps him that he's been preparing for the draft season for the last 14 years for every team, and now he can just focus on one. You know what I mean? And I think he has the right attitude and charisma to work with John Gruden. He said in his presser how, what, 14 years ago or something like that, uh, Mark, not Mark Davis, uh, Al Davis, Al Davis, right, <clears throat> had come to him about possibly joining the, you know, the front office there, and he didn't. But you know, now he explains that's why he thinks it's a, it's a really neat circumstance that now these years later he's able to join the Raiders staff in a GM spot, and him and John Gruden, you know, have the same kind of attitude where they're not going to back down. So as long as they mesh well together, they can even each other out. I just, I want him to succeed. But I want to play wait and see. I'll play devil's advocate here because I want to see if he can handle the rest of the GM responsibilities and if they more push each other to greatness than butt heads along the way. <clears throat> here's my biggest fear in this move, and I'll, I'll tell you. Here's the only way he loses. I don't think I don't think John Gruden's the right guy again. I don't know how that relationship's going to pan out. And the other thing is, if the relationship goes south, right? I think Mark Davis gets rid of Mike Mayock before he gets rid of John Gruden. Oh, absolutely. And that's going to be the mistake of a century if we get to that spot right there. That's going to be the ownership mistake of the f- decade. Easy, you know, if uh, if we get to that to that crossroad. Well, I will say this. I think if there is a situation like that, it's going to be my Mike Mayock. You don't give John Gruden the 10-year deal with all that money and then, you know, fire him with all those years remaining on the contract because you want to keep a first-time GM and Mike Mayock as your GM. You know what I mean? But I will say this. I think this is the only GM spot Mike Mayock will ever have, not because he wouldn't deserve it or whatever, but I think it took a unique situation for him to take the job compared to keeping the job he did have. And whether it flames out or works greatly, I think this will be the only position in front office he'll hold before he comes back to the media or retires or whatever. I could agree with that. Um, but no, like you said, he is in a good spot. Three first-round picks this year, four in the top 50, five first-round picks over the next two drafts as of Crazy. right now. Um, they do have someone at Derek Carr. They're going to have to figure out whether long-term that's who they want there. Um, but they still have to figure out all the other spots, the weapons they have to add on the offense. And then when it comes to defense, getting more playmakers over there. So they have a lot of work to do. I don't know if they brought him in a little late. But, you know, they brought him in. They're go- They're going to have to get the ground running. They're going to have to get going. Uh, Mike Mayock's going to have to assemble the rest of his scouts and his staff like that to get out there. But it's a very interesting hire, and I hope it turns out well for Mike Mayock. I-, I think really quick, that's the other thing he brings, though, right? He knows every scout. 
Like he knows the scouting world. He knows that entire environment. So that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like him, <clears throat> the most important part to Mike Mayak is going to be building the pieces around him to successfully manage the things that he's not familiar with. The draft not being one of them. Now, just like all the other things we already talked about so far, but I know Mike Mayock is a big news one, especially with people I know personally. So, guys, tell us what you think about Mike Mayock being the new GM at the Raiders. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Why? Okay, because it's a very interesting subject whether you agree with it or you don't, um, as well as anything else we talk about, but that's one of the big ones. Make sure to, you know, leave us stuff on there after listening to the episode. All right, so moving on. What I think is the two biggest news before we get to the actual playoffs and the coaches is AB. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know you've heard about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over the past year and a half, there's been like little, you know, incidents here and there. You know, you talk about the number one receiver, you deal with it and stuff like that. But now the report comes out that, you know, he had an altercation with the teammate that later on we found out was Big Ben. Um, he didn't show up to practice the rest of the week. He didn't show up to the team meeting. Um, and then after that, he was sat for the game. And then he left at halftime, by the way. So I want to know what you think about this. Um, I want to know, what does this mean going forward? Because you already know Bell's gone, okay? Big Ben's been flirting with retirement the past two seasons. He's probably going to do it again this offseason. Antonio Brown's clearly unhappy with him, and it seems like Mike Tomlin... And I just wonder, if Big Ben retires, that being an if, do you do you blow up the whole thing with Bell already leaving and see what you can get for AB and then keep Connor and Juju and get all that return and whether it be picks and cap space and whatever to then try to rebuild this team and compete? Because that defense needs help as well. And you need to figure out the quarterback situation if Big Ben retires. So what do you think is going on with AB? What do you think this means for the future of the Steelers <clears throat> franchise? So what's going on with AB? I think he stays next year um, because I think there, there's too much money to lose. If they get rid of him, they've already guaranteed him next year he takes a $22 million cap hit. This year was only eight, okay? Wow. So next year he takes like a $22 million cap hit, 20 of it's like guaranteed money, so they free up $2 million if they get rid of him. Like that's nothing, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> I, I don't know that uh, – yeah, I don't know that he frees up any cap space, so it's probably not going to make any sense to get rid of him for next season or trade him. Uh, Big Ben, probably going to flirt with retirement again, I agree, but he'll probably come back for another year, um, and we'll just see the same drama kind of leak through next season uh, if Mike Tomlin's back in Pittsburgh, um, which all signs point to that he will be. So uh, that's where I think that is. Where I think is going to happen with the Steeler franchise, the second part of that question, right, <clears throat> is I don't think that... I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs next year. Um, I really? Think, You're I think we see uh, that's that, that, that's where I'm at. Okay. The reason why is because their division got way better than they did, substantially better than they did. The Browns are on a big uphill spiral, and you say uh, a team that barely finished 500 had a tie. Like, what are you talking about? But like, remember, we're talking about like a team that went like 25 games straight without a win, <clears throat> right? So they had more wins this season than they did the past like four combined. So, you know, like the Browns are moving uphill super quick. And remember, they did it with an interim head coach and a really shitty head coach in Hugh Jackson prior to that. So you get a good head coach in there, a good mind to mentor Baker and go through that. And I think you're going to see the Browns in a really good spot to compete next year for that division. And I'm not going to ask you a coach yet because we're going to get to the coaches then. We're going to play a little game with that then. But, uh, okay, yeah, good good position there with the Browns. Like you said, coach, keep building. 
You got the Ravens who are building. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You've seen what you got with Lamar Jackson. I still need to see him take steps as a quarterback, but he still adds that dual threat. They're going to add pieces. They have good tight ends there and a great defense. As long as oh, they can incredible. Keep it together. So they got pieces there that are most likely most of them will be there next year. And you got Cincinnati who's in transition as well. They do have some pieces. I'm very actually interested to see what they do this offseason with who they keep, who they move, where they add pieces, who they hire as coach. Because Marvin Lewis is gone after 16 years. I can't believe it's taken that long. I know. 0-7 in the playoffs. We've been saying that for how long? Not saying he's not a great guy, but 16 years to do... He's not a great guy. I'm saying he's not a great... He can be a great person, but he's an awful head coach. But he's gone. But, I mean, I'm not going to go that far yet. Big offseason coming, but... I can see where you're going with it, with it being a tough division next year. Yeah, so they're out. Like they're not, they're not making the playoffs next year. They might squeeze a wild card spot, possibly if Baker Mayfield dies. Like they <laughs> might get a wild card spot. Okay, but remember, they're playing not only in a tough division, but they're playing in a super tough conference. You've got three teams competing in the South for a division or a wild card. Year in, right? year out. Yeah. So year in, year out, not just this year constantly okay now you've got you've got that whole division right where you can get oh you can get a team from the wild card in there possibly two like it's insane yeah and, you got the Chargers and the chiefs in the yeah, west you've got the Chargers and the okay. chiefs in the west hopefully the broncos can rebuild they do have talent there for you sure know what i mean we talked about the 49ers not they're not going to compete next year but they have pieces there and they have a lot of room to improve and then like you said in the east you still got the patriots you know what i mean so yeah. it's it's crazy to me but at any rate no there's no way they're not making the playoffs next year. After Here's the problem. They're going to wait a year to fire Mike Tomlin when he doesn't make the playoffs next year. They're going to move on from Big Ben because Big Ben will retire when Tomlin is gone because that's typically how it works, right? You want to move coach and quarterback typically at the same time, right? It makes it advantageous. So great you do that. Okay, now you're in a transition. Now you've got Antonio Brown who's super good. You've got Juju. You've got Connor. You've got building pieces on the defense. And now you've got to bring in a new head coach, a new quarterback and pray it messes mess, uh, meshes with Antonio Brown. <clears throat> it's just, it's just that's it's, a prediction. Write that shit down somewhere. That's right, what's happening. Um, let me ask you something. Do you what do you think is the biggest cause for AB's over the last season and a half? All the incidents that have been going on, and do you think it's justified? Like, how do you feel about how he's handling it, and do you understand? No, he's a fucking child, and, like, it's completely ridiculous. Like, you throw a fit with your fucking quarterback in the middle of practice. Like, there's ways to handle situations that Antonio Brown doesn't doesn't understand. This is the third time this season, linking back to the preseason, that he's taken a fucking hiatus from the team, right? Now it's just being publicized because he misses a game that had playoffs implications, which it obviously didn't either because it didn't matter because the Ravens won. But... All I'm saying is, like, he's a gigantic child, and all of his behavior is fucking ridiculous, right? He goes off. That being said, that being said, guess what? If I'm the GM of the football team, I ask him where he wants to go for that week, and I buy him a fucking cruise ticket because he's the best fucking wide receiver in football. So, like, you, you just you, – you, you have to eat your – if you get your cake, you got to eat it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you get with Antonio Brown. You've got to understand that he's, he's challenging to manage because he understands his greatness, right? He obviously has had back-and-forth scuttle with Ben Roethlisberger now for the past probably two seasons – you know, the Le'Veon Bell thing kind of pissed him off, I'm sure. So he's just sitting on a lot of animosity right now with the Steelers organization. I was going to say, I, I don't agree with the way he handles it, but I can kind of understand because not only what you're saying, Big Ben's constantly like back and forth. Mike Tomlin apparently coddles his QB over anyone else. Um, the fact that they have this much talent for the past couple seasons and they can't do anything in the playoffs, let alone this year make the playoffs, 
I wonder if with that, like you said, with the Bell situation and everything, if it just adds up. Not saying he's handling it the right way, but, you know, I can understand where a lot of this animosity is coming from, especially since the first couple years of his career, even after he was already labeled new best receiver in the league, it wasn't there. You know what I mean? So, it's just a lot going on. I, I do think if Big Ben retires, I think Mike Tomlin's going to be there the next year. If Ben retires... They probably keep Antonio Brown after the guaranteed money thing, but I think if there's another year of that, both him and Tomlin are gone as well. And then if you don't find your quarterback when he, Big Ben decides to retire, you're going to have to do a lot at once. So this might be, and I'm not going as far out on a limb as you are, but this might be the last time we see the Steelers in the playoffs for the next three years. Yeah, we're not going to see him this year either. So, I mean, freaking crazy. Um, it's just <clears throat> insane. Uh, and then... The last thing I kind of want to talk about before we get into the big news with the playoffs and the coaching carousel is um, not as big. Leonard Fournette, okay? Um, Tom Coughlin came out saying he was unhappy with him and TJ Yeldon during this last week's matchup because they were had unprofessional demeanor while on the sideline in the Week 17 game. Um, maybe you could tell me a little bit more about that. But So now apparently they're looking because during the season he had a one-game suspension because of fighting um, that they're looking to get rid of his guaranteed money. So, I mean, that could be nothing. They're just trying to save money. But it also means that if, whether because of his attitude or his play or whatever you want to say, they want to restart, whatever, they could cut him without losing any money, any, you know, money against the team, and then just move on if they want it to. What do you think about the situation? <clears throat> oh, I think... I think Tom Coughlin, uh, and and by the way, Jags ownership agrees with Coughlin on this. Like Jags ownership is all in on Tom Coughlin, like <clears throat> taking a hard ass stance on you know not just Fournette but Yeldon too. You know, kind of exiling himself from the team, not being very vocal, not trying to be involved in team conversation, kind of just saying you know screw it, and really not having the demeanor they want. I think Coughlin came out and said like you know it was one of the most embarrassing experiences that he's seen or just not how you carry yourself by for any professional athlete and like blah 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 and you know i i think this right if you're the jags who gives a shit like get rid of him then because you're not winning football games so like okay cool get rid of leonard fournette oh god it's the end of the world we're gonna win less games yeah win less games than fucking no games like that's cool right i mean obviously not no games i don't know what they have last this season five wins something like that five six, six wins so like whatever getting rid of him doesn't make you dramatically worse you know what makes you better getting rid of blake fucking bortles okay like they've got bigger problems than to sit here and bitch about leonard fournette's attitude okay i, I like the stance the coughlin's taking on i like that he's being that he's, that he's sticking to his guns on how a player should be respectful towards a franchise and a team and, and, and you know, all that jazz and how they should be off the field. I, I really, really appreciate that. But, like, the Jags have to get their fucking heads out of their asses right now. Like, you've got massive problems. You went from an AFC championship game to five wins. Like, coaches get fired for less. Yeah. Like, this is a joke that you're trying to tell me that a top five running back in the league being pissed off because they fucking suck and not wanting to, not wanting to like blow anybody on the sidelines and like rub shoulders and shit. And he gets in a little scuffle off the fucking field. Like, you're going to make a big presser about it. Ownership's getting involved. And like, you're really trying to put attention on that. Like, that's what you're putting attention on, right? Your quarterback sucks. You've got a top two defense on paper that plays top 16 defense 
you know, to a top 16 defense level this year. You didn't have a crazy hard schedule to begin with. And again, Blake Bortles can't win you football games. But, but you'll be damned. You will be damned if Leonard Fournette <laughs> Good sir. Do, does not want to rub shoulders and decides to punch somebody. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I think it's sub- completely ridiculous. I hope they get rid of Fournette because they don't fucking deserve his talent anyway. But at any rate, like, it's just completely absurd. Like, wildly. Like, I don't know if they're trying to create, like, a smoke screen or, like, I don't know. But this is just ridiculous as hell that this is even a real conversation we're having right now. I mean, I can understand in the sense that I think it's just a lot of boiled over animosity. Like you said, they are competing in the championship game last playoffs. They kept all pretty much that talent on the defense, if not added a little bit to it. Had the same pieces on the offense for the most part. All right, they moved on from Hearns and Robinson, but Robinson was hurt last year anyway. Yeah, he was out of the fucking you know season. I mean? So it, it's pretty much the same team, okay? And then you sway underperform, whether that's on the coach or just the players not performing to the same high level, whatever. Fournette was hurt for a lot of the year. You know what I mean? Maybe Fournette does have an attitude problem. I don't know. I'm not there on the side. I'm not there in the organization, okay? And I, I, am not, I, I trust... Coughlin's gut feeling because he's been around football for a long time. He's been way more successful than unsuccessful. Okay, but you got to figure out what you're doing there. Period. Because they're going to keep Marone for another year, right? Whether you agree with that or not, they're going to keep him for another year. They're going to keep a lot of the same personnel, most likely. All right, they're going to have to figure out what they're doing with quarterback because they benched Bortles. All right, after we've been knowing about it for a while. Okay, they benched Bortles finally. Do they give him another shot because there's no one really out there? Do they try to put a band-aid over there, without, over there again with Teddy maybe? Or drafting someone like Haskins or Johnson out of Duke? Um, but you got to figure out what you're doing. And if it's not, if it's a short-term fix, you obviously keep Fournette. He's way too talented not to. Maybe he has a problem, personality problem because of the coaching staff and he doesn't take him for serious or whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe that coaching staff has let that team take on the, identi- the identity of being roughhousing, physical players, and then when things don't go well, they can't control them. You know what I mean? But you have to figure out what you're doing. And if it's more of a long-term thing, maybe you have a point if you can get that guaranteed money taken away. Because maybe you just have to add more pieces on that offense and bring in a different coaching staff. But if it's short-term and you're trying to hold on... You're not helping yourself. You know what I mean? That's not going to make want to make Fournette play better. That's not, you know, raising him to the level he could be playing for. You know what I mean? But you're only making it worse for your team in the long run in general if you're going to keep him. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're threatening him, but you got to figure out what you're doing there and move on. Who are you threatening? So how are you? That's the thing. Like, I think that you might be right, but like, how the hell are you threatening Leonard Fournette? Like saying, okay, Leonard, if you don't get your shit straight, we might send you to somebody that can actually compete for a championship. And that would just be a shame. Oh, by the way, they'll pay you a lot of money. I was like, like well, get the hell out of here. I was thinking more along the get lines the of hell just out like of threatening, like, if you keep this up, <clears throat> we're going to negate your guaranteed money if we're allowed to, and then you're losing out on all that money. But me as Fournette, I'm, I'm saying, cool, trade me. Right? Cool, trade me, or you're not going to get the most. I'm not going to put the wear and tear on my body for you not to pay me anyway. If you and to not be on a team that can compete. Yeah, and if you don't really like my standards, and I mean, I can't, if that's the case, I understand where the coaching staff is coming. But they put themselves in this position. And you saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to send you to your room, so now you right. have to clean it. He's not going to do anything. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so, so true. That's so like, true. 
That's so true. They again, uh, sorry, no, we're go, both go, go, fired go, go, up go about ahead. this. Yeah. We're both fired up about this. But like again, the part that just is so frustrating to me is like, how are you gonna be pretend to be so mad about this? But you're totally cool that your quarterback's fucking garbage and you go from an AFC championship game to like five or six fucking wins. Like, how is that not the thing you're fucking talking about? Like, even the media is like, uh, Leonard Fournette, yeah, what did you do, like, rape somebody? No, he only punched them? Okay, cool. So why do you Standing fucking up for suck? for your teammates? Right, right, like... right. So, okay, cool, that's great. So why do you suck so bad? Right. Like, that's great and everything, but, like, the fans want to know why you can't win games. Like, they don't care if Leonard Fournette punches people. Like, why can't you win football games? And they're just like, well, when he punches, when he takes these acts that, that completely devalue the, the Jaguars' way of, of not winning it, it's it's just abysmal, you know? Like, it's fucking just so ridiculous. Like, when you think about it, it's kind of funny because the front office, I guess, is trying to hold this demeanor of, we run this organization the right way, you know, we don't talk stuff on the sideline and whatever, but it's completely opposite from what the players are doing on the field <clears throat> because as a defense, you're led by the defense. You have to have a swagger, you know what I mean? The offense doesn't help you out for the most part, except for Fournette, and he's been hurt most of the year. And then the defenses can key on opposing defenses can key on them because they have nothing else. Right. And then and then you've got Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the ball that talks more shit than fucking yeah. anybody and ever. He, and he had an up and down year. He had some really great games and he had some low games. All right. They, there was news about him this season about possibly moving him and stuff like that. So it's yet to be seen what's going on there. I think that defense will rebound overall as long as the coaching staff can support them and let them put them in position to succeed and i just don't know if that's going to happen no because they're not going to have an answer at quarterback and that's going to continue to be their struggle i'm not saying screw the wide receiver position right because it's important okay but you have an elite running back in leonard Fournette. you've got a wildly elite defense okay i just don't understand why you can't sit there and just rack your head around this quarterback thing, solve that, move on, see what wide receivers are available in free agency. There's a couple, by the way, probably coming up or getting cut for uh, you know for, for salary cap reasons that you might be able to pick up. But it doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback. So many teams prove that every single week. New York, the Giants, Eli sucks, OBJ's great. They can't win games right? You go to the, the opposite side. You go to San Francisco. You bring in Garoppolo. He's got nobody anywhere on the offense. He does fantastic. You bring in Andrew Luck. He's got one other guy. Does fantastic. Like, you just can't ignore the trend in the league. So just shut the hell up. Who cares what Leonard Fournette does? Let him punch people all fucking day long and find a goddamn quarterback and go win your franchise some fucking football games. Wow. That was surprisingly more passionate than I was expecting Compared, especially compared to some of the other stuff we've already talked Because it's fucking ridiculous. All right, go on. Um, all right, so before we get into the biggest part, we're going to do a small intermission. I want to know what are one or two things that we've talked about this season before we get to the playoffs. Um, but no, as I was saying, like as a small intermission, before we get into the coaching carousel and the playoff matchups, just some of the stuff that we talked about this season. We've been saying for the past three weeks... It did not look good for the Steelers. We don't think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. And Baltimore was going to take that division. What happened? Ravens took that division. And it was kind of it was kind of upsetting. I almost felt bad for the Steelers in the sense that they won a very shitty matchup against the Bengals, by the way. And then we're on the field watching and hoping that the Browns, who were the laughingstock of that household for how long now, 
where they were rooting for their little brother to beat the Ravens. And, and you know, they had a good shot. They were driving until some drop passes by the receivers and tight end and then the interception at the end. But that happened the way we predicted. The Colts started out really shitty. Everyone got sick of us talking about the Colts and Andrew Luck. They made the playoffs like we've been saying. You came out a little bit stronger than I did about the Eagles being able to take that sixth spot from the Vikings. That happened. You know what I mean? So I like to give us some props. We, we didn't get everything right. No one ever does. But we got a lot more right than we got wrong. And if you listen to the show, you would know that. So, uh, not only do I wildly agree, obviously, but <clears throat> interesting thing on the Eagles thing really quick. Uh, sorry for the throat clears, guys. My throat's a little jacked up today. But interesting on the Eagles thing, right? Just side note that we're not going to get to talk about probably, but uh, Nick Foles uh, had a $1.2 million bonus if he played 33% of the Eagles snaps and the Eagles made the playoffs, right? Because of his rib injury in that game, and he took some snaps off, he ended up playing 32% of the Eagles snaps and the Eagles making the playoffs. So he foregoed a over $1 million bonus uh, because he did not meet the 33% snap requirement. Hilarious. So I, I, I have a quick fun thing since we're in this intermission is, tell me. Who led the league in receiving yards? In receiving yards? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm guessing DeAndre Hopkins. Wrong. Julio Jones. Okay. Who led the league in rushing? Uh, That one I should know. Who led the league in rushing? Uh, Fuck, why do I know this? Zeke. There you go. And then, who led the league in passing yards? Mahomes. Did he finish... Because I knew Big Ben was ahead before the before the week seventeen matchup. Ooh, yeah, I know it's not someone you would expect because of how much we were talking about the rate of this, the Steelers and like the no no one was talking about this because everyone was Mahomes and Drew Brees. But Ben Roethlisberger did lead it. I don't know if he finished it with that or not, but he would have been at least number two. He had over five thousand yards himself. Look up, look that up quick. Looking it up, looking it up, looking it up. Oh, he beat Mahomes by like 30 yards. 30 yards. So Ben Roethlisberger finished with 5,129 yards. Crazy. Okay. So those were your leaders. I have one more thing before we get into the meat and potatoes. So as everyone likes to know, everyone knows I like to talk about, two years ago, all right, back in 2016, Zeke led the league in rushing with 1,600 yards, a little north of that. In 2017, Kareem Hunt took the title with 1,300 yards, okay? Zeke was short of 1,000 yards by less than 50, 50 yards. And he missed six games. So I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying that Zeke would have taken that record, got that 350 yards, whatever, in six games, all right? And then, again, leads the league, was the rushing champion this year with just over 1,400 yards. Now, I know it's a technicality, but I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, so he probably would have led the league three straight years. That's only ever happened twice before in NFL history with rushing leaders where they where they let it, they got three years in a row or they would have. Um, and I was looking at some of the greats who've got the rushing title and there's only like three or four players who had gotten four or more. The craziest being Jim Brown. Holy shit. He has like eight years that he led the league in rushing. Final year being like 29. And what, what's so crazy about that, too, is that he led it in a, in a game that was dominated by the run. Yeah. 
So crazy. The competition was heavier at the running back position oh, than it ever was when he yeah, played. Yeah, and he and he won it. He holds the record. I was looking up for most consecutive rushing titles because, like I said, there's like two others that have it three years in a row. He has it four or five years in a row. He That's won the, so right? crazy. So, but the way I'm looking at it is like you, there's only a handful of players already at this point that have had as many rushing titles, could have had as many rushing titles, straight or overall. And Zeke's only in his third year. Won it two. If he didn't have the 16-inch suspension, probably would have won it all three. I know he's not underrated as in the sense of him being a top running back, okay? But is that kind of, that consistency of how well he's performing going under the radar by some of the, some of the league? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because when you, when you think back about some, some great running backs and you start thinking about Emmett Smith, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, you know what I mean? When you're thinking about some of these people... I think that everybody is saying to themselves during the era that those people played and were in their prime, like, this is greatness, mm-hmm. right? And you're just not hearing that about Zeke. Like, you're just not hearing it. Like the, me- good running backs. <clears throat> the media is not really into him. Uh, if, if you start talking great running backs in the league, you're not surprised when his name hits, like, third or fourth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just happening. He's in the top five conversation all the time. Yeah. But he's rarely ever number one. Yeah. So I mean, he it, wasn't in ours last, <clears throat> this last right. offseason. didn't. And, and it's just, it's a little crazy to me, with obviously the excellence that he's given that organization. It's being overshadowed by their inability to win consistently, um, for sure, uh, you know. And I, I think that that's, it's a shame, but at the end of the day, you know, that that kind of is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, well, I would agree. Just the only reason I bring it up is because I was doing some research on it myself, and I was looking at some other stuff, I'm like, all right, so Zeke has two titles in his first three years. Could have possibly had three if he didn't have that six-game suspension. Mm-hmm. LT only led the league in rushing twice in his whole career. AP only did it three times in his whole career. Emmett Smith only did it three times in his whole career. Barry Sanders only did it two or three times in his whole career. And Zeke already has two. And he's only three years in. He possibly could have had three. So if he stays healthy, I'm very interested to see where his career ends up. I don't think he catches Jim Brown by any means. Sure. But Where's think, Marshall Falk? Do you have any idea? How uh, many he Marshall had? Falk, I believe, had two or three. Again, I could double check them while we're doing the show. Just curious. But, yeah. Like, just rushing yards wide. Now, Marshall Falk was a triple threat. So Oh, for sure. Scrimmage yards, he probably will be in seek. But just straight rushing titles, I thought that was completely interesting. And while we have you here, Rachel, just give me a quick yes or no on these things. Are you impressed by Mahomes' 50 touchdown passes this year? Just yes or no? No explanation. Yes. Yes? Do you think Mike <laughs> Mayock will work in the new Raiders GM? Yeah. All right. Are you impressed, and do you think Saquon Barkley will be, will be able to keep up this streak going into next year? No. No? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Baker, does he keep up his, his performance next year? Yeah. Yeah? Do you think the 49ers will either get OBJ or Antonio Brown next year? No. No? All right, and last one. Do you think Leonard Fournette is with the Jaguars next year? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to go a speed round. I think she handled it pretty well. That was pretty good. Right. That was a lot of pressure. Because I know neither of you were expecting that. Rachel <laughs> kind of looked scared. She was like, "What's going on?" But um, no. Okay. So back into the main show. That was a little bit of fun. I kind of went. So really there. quick, really quick, Rachel, for all the girls out there, do a little research for me. We talked a little bit on OBJ just in that segment and Saquon Barkley. Do me a favor. Who has the better butt in their in their spandex pants? Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. or Saquon Barkley. Both play for the same and team. And while we're doing this show, you could look that up, and then we'll let you key back in when you decide. 
Okay, got it. All right, so in the meantime, we're going to jump into the coaching carousel. Do you want to give us a rundown of all the openings out there in the league, Drew? Whew! Okay, so here we go. I'm going to give you the team and the coach fired. Okay. Okay? Do it. So, so far, we've got Hugh Jackson fired from the Browns. Bye. Todd Bowles fired from the Jets. Bye. Vance Joseph fired from the Broncos. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Marvin Lewis fired from the Bengals. Hate, hate, hate. Adam, <laughs> Adam Gaze fired from the Dolphins. Double hate. Uh, Mike McCarthy fired from Green Bay. Loathe entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, shit. Steve Wilkes out in, in uh, Arizona. A little surprising. And then uh, Dirk Cotter out of the Bucks. Thank God. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, and I mean, a lot of those are short-term <clears throat> years. Other than Mike McCarthy with the Packers, which you said has been 13 years, and Marvin Lewis, which we touched on with 16 years, the highest next one was Todd Bowles with the Jets. He was four years. All the others were two or three years, and then Steve Wilkes was only there for a year. Right. Let, let me ask you this. I, before we get into anything else we have going to the coaches, here's what I want to do. The, so that's what, nine teams? Eight teams. Eight teams. So eight teams. As let of me ask now, you this. I still think there's one or two playoff teams that if they end it's early, possible could lose their coach. Uh, no doubt. Let me Cowboys, ask you this. Come on. Well, um, want, um, damn it, that's so conflicting. Continue. <laughs> I was just gonna say, whoa, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, I want my Cowboys to win, but fuck you, Garrett. Uh, so I'm gonna go through each of these coaches again. Right. I just want you to tell me super quick because we, we don't have a lot of time. We got a lot of stuff to cover. I want you to tell me super quick if you think they get another head coaching job in 2019 or not. Okay. If yes, where? If no, why? Okay. Okay, Hugh Jackson. No. Why? Why? Because he sucks. Okay, like, fair. Like, <laughs> Does he stay defensive coordinator in uh, Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. Todd Bowles? No. Why? I think he can be a future coaching staff. I mean, a future head coach. I do think he has that pedigree. But I just think the four years coming off, he has to prove himself again, show what he's been like at D.C. I do think he'll be a good defensive coordinator this year. And then maybe in a year or two, get another chance at a head coaching spot. Fair. Vance Joseph? Uh, no. Uh, same thing. I don't think he's as proven as Todd Bowles. I think he'll be a coordinator because of what he's previously proven. Maybe he gets to be a head coach depending on that year, but I don't think it'll be next year, and I think he's borderline head coach material. Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, yes. Just because of his history, he, he, I mean, he was with the Bengals for 16 years. You know, hmm. there's only there's only so many coaches to go around. There's going to be coaches that aren't going to want to go to certain destinations. And every year, there's at least one or two coaches that you don't expect to be head coaches that come out of nowhere that are head coaches next year. So he has the experience. I think a team takes a chance on him. That's the only one so far we disagree with. Uh, Adam Gase. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. Wouldn't mind seeing him in green and gold, frankly. <laughs> uh, all right, so Mike McCarthy. Yes. Experience. For the most oh, by the part. way, we, we said we said where was the other stipulation. Oh, so let's go so, back to Marvin Lewis. Where's he go? Uh, I don't think. Uh, I right, said yes. So all right. So I think he could be. I don't ex really expect him to be. I think if he does, it's going to have to be not a team with a young quarterback either. So the teams I'm looking at is maybe the Broncos, maybe the Broncos, uh, maybe the Bucks, um, because Jameis Winston is in the the future there, and they're going to keep him for another year, whether you agree with that or not. Um, but those are the only two teams I could really see. Maybe the Dolphins. Okay, fair. Where's Adam Gase go? Adam Gase is going to go with a young quarterback, and I think it's the right, right, right way to go. My two favorite destinations for him would be the Cardinals. Okay? Or, see, the thing is, I don't think his temperament agrees with Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is way too fucking fiery, and I don't think that would work well with him. So I think he'll either his two best spots as of right now will either be the Cardinals or uh, the Jets. But I, I, I actually agree. I will say this. 
if for some reason he doesn't like any of the spots, like if, if those spots fill by other coaches and he doesn't like any of his other options, I would love to see him as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys next year. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course. So, uh, okay, Mike McCarthy, you said yes. Where's he go? Mike McCarthy, <clears throat> a lot of tenure there. I can see him going to Cleveland, but the rumor is he doesn't want to go to Cleveland. Shocker. Um, but, you know, there's some teams that have potential here. The Bucks have a lot of talent. I don't know if he'd want to go to the Bucks, but there's a lot of talent there. He might be able to get something more out of Jameis. I don't know. If not, at least get them in the right position that when they do get a quarterback, they can compete. Um, the Jets, the Jets, I could see. You know what I mean? He can help uh, uh, Sam Darnold. They have pieces on the defense. They can continue to add that and maybe actually give you know a fight for that second place in the AFC East. Um, and then maybe, maybe. The Cardinals, just for the same reason, because of the fact that there's a lot of veteran players. They have some talented pieces. I don't know if he... I think you need to pair a young guy with Josh Rosen. That's why I really like Adam Gase there. But maybe, as a backup, I could go Mike McCarthy. You know, I'm going to tell you right now. I think that... Just in the McCarthy thing, because it's obviously the closest one to my heart. Uh, so, I think McCarthy's best spot is the Cardinals. And I think the Cardinals almost won him more than any other team not named the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland Browns only because there's a lot of Green Bay front office tenure in there from the GM position to the assistant GM. You know, like like we've got a lot of presence there. Um, but I think the Cardinals make sense. The reason why is you just let go of a first year coach. Typically, you're doing that if you see a vacant, if you see a coach that you want to attack, right? Okay. Obviously, they didn't have the performance they want, so they're probably going to do that anyway. But if you see a coach you want to attack, you're you're taking the opportunity and you're getting rid of that coach and taking him on. I think the only two coaches on that list worth attacking is going to be Mike McCarthy and Adam Gase. Agreed, agreed. And uh, I think you're going Mike McCarthy if those two are up. I mean, again, you're talking Mike McCarthy is the second winningest coach in the NFC when he was terminated, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Adam Gase does not have that record or that luxury, right? So, I think you go there. You see a lot in Josh Rosen. Rosen's been compared to Rodgers as far as his form and the way that he handles himself on the field. So, you know, I, I think that you're looking for a mental uh, – kind of, you know, a mentality barrier there. And, and I think that Mike McCarthy breaks that barrier down and, and really can take him home. So we so. agree with the, the two possible coaches for there. We just agree, disagree on who. But like you said, there's been that Rodgers comparison there early in his career. And you've seen how things work with McCarthy and Rodgers. I'm not saying it would be the same thing there, but in the background, I don't know. In the back of my mind, I don't know if that really helps. I think Rodgers got to that point when he got so elite. Uh, I mean, he's been elite for a while, right? Yeah. But I think that early success, they've had it phenomenally. Let, let's go to Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, yes or Steve no? Steve Wilkes, I think he deserves to be. I don't know if he will be. I will, I'll say no, but I think he'll be a coordinator and will get a future shot again. I agree with you. Dirk Cotter. No. Uh, uh, I, think, I think he's going back to college. Yeah, I would think so, too. I'm, I'm agreeing 100% with you. Um, <clears throat> but, no, like, all right, so just I'm just going to throw some out there. We, we did this really quick, but there's some spots I just really like matchups. And I'm going to even name some other candidates that deserve it and are going to be out there and might do it. The Cardinals, I like I said, I really like Adam Gase there. He might go to the Jets as well, but I really like him with the Cardinals and Josh Rosen. Mike McCarthy, I think he'd be good. I think he could be good for the Browns or someone like the Jets or the maybe even the Broncos. Someone who has talent there that they're not too far away from competing where you don't have to upbring them so much. But like you said, also the Cardinals, like you said, um, Lincoln Riley, but apparently he signed an extension. Doesn't mean he's out of the running, but it would take a high-profile team. I don't know if any of these really fit him, so it might not be this year. Josh McDaniels, I want you interested. A lot of teams obviously like him. Out of the teams are currently available, where can you see him fitting? Uh, where do I see him fitting? I mean, <clears throat> of course I see him fitting in Green Bay. Um, uh, that's the best fit that I see for him. Uh, big head, elite quarterback is what he's used to dealing with. 
he's going to a place with a big head, elite quarterback, right? I mean, they've, that team has a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, they can win out of the gate. He wants to go to a contender if he goes anywhere. Um, so that's great. Here's the thing. That being said, Josh McDaniels is like my fourth or fifth best option in my rankings for coaches out there in the playing field right now. Not just for my Packers, but just generally for teams looking for coaches. And, and a lot of that, if he didn't completely ass-fuck the Colts this past year, he'd be way higher. He'd be third. He'd be third if he didn't ass-fuck the Colts. Well, but because he ass-fucked the Colts, he's like fifth. I, I find <clears throat> it he's a big name out there. I think he's similar in the sense no matter who you have ranked higher between the two as Adam Gaze. So I can see him going somewhere with a young quarterback, but... This and I love this scenario. What if he went to the Dolphins? Ooh. Same division. I don't think he'd try, do that. Trying to prove his worth. Miami has some talent on the team. Whether he decides like he has to run another year with Tannehill or not, okay, bring in his own quarterback. And if he's able in two, three years to constantly challenge Bill Belichick for that AFC East, what other name are you making big enough for that? No, it's I cannot ever see that happening. Would it be interesting? Sure, but like remember, he could have went to Indy and worked with Andrew Luck. He's not going to the fucking Dolphins, being hated by everyone, uh, you know, in New England, and then working with Tannehill. Like I just can I can't see that happening. And then I'm gonna name some other coaches then, but one more that I want to get your input on is now it's been reported that if it's the right spot, the right situation, he would consider it. Do you like any of these spots for Bruce Arians? I love the Browns for Bruce Arians. Okay. Love it. Because Bruce Arians loves the Browns, okay? By the way, Bruce Arians on my top five list is the number one coach. Ooh, that has not already been terminated, that. right? But yeah. he's my number one. Co- I mean, the guy's a two-time coach of the year, right? He's won coach of the year twice. There's only like two other coaches that have ever done that. So, you know, you've got Bruce Arians up there. He's an offensive guru big time. So, you know, him coming in there, uh, you know, him coming into Cleveland, he's the second best coach fit in Cleveland, I think. Um, but the first bet, best uh, coach fit in, in Cleveland is Lincoln Riley uh, because he's worked, uh, you know, obviously with fucking Baker. So, but he's not going there, right? So, uh, Doesn't look like it. So, yeah, I, I think that Bruce Arians to the Browns would be fantastic. And he's already said he's not coaching for a team if it's not the Browns. Surprisingly, you could tell me if I'm overstepping or if I'm wrong here because you would have a better pulse for the team. I like him as the Packers. I think you get. He's already been ruled out. Really? Yeah, he's already been asked about it and questioned, and he said he will not do it. That's a shame because I feel like him going as an offensive mind there with arguably the best quarterback in football. I think he could find the right pieces for that team, work with Rodgers to get them competing at a high level. That's where I thought would be a good fit for him. But he is not in my. He is. He is not in my top three for coaches for Green Bay specifically. Well, is there anything else you want to get on before I name some more candidates and then we move on? You can name some more candidates. Yeah, right. let's do it. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, there's some out here. I don't know if there's anyone that tickles your fancy. But names to consider and have in the back of your mind as this goes on. We already mentioned Gase. We already mentioned McCarthy and Arians. We mentioned Lincoln Riley. But Chris Richard, defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, he's going to draw a lot of interest. Fiery guy. Josh McDaniels, who I already mentioned. Matt Campbell, another college coach out of yep. Iowa State. Hard-nosed guy. He might be in run for the Cleveland. He's a, he's an Ohio guy, so look out for that. Eric Benemini, offensive coordinator for the Bucks. His name's being tossed around a lot. Surprisingly, another college coach 
I mean, he's he's been very good for the most part in the college game, but apparently teams are looking at him with young quarterbacks. Cliff Kingsbury, the former head coach oh, at yeah. Texas yeah, Tech. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Matt Eberflus, That's kind of shocking to me, but yeah, whatever. Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator in Indy. Uh, Vic Fangio, defensive Listen, coordinator. I'm going to tell you right now, Vic Fangio on my Green Bay list is number two. So he's my number two guy I'd like to see in Green Bay. And then Dan Campbell, longtime player, coordinator, interim head coach. He's getting a lot of draw because they like what he brings as a as a former player and fiery guy, um, disciplined guy. So do any of those names you we were talking about Vic Fangio, but him or anyone else tickle your fancy and where would you where would you see them going? The only thing I'd love to see Vic Fangio go to the pack. <clears throat> I would love it. A defensive minded I think the pack they the pack could use there. a defensive minded coach. They just need to know how to utilize them. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think Vic Fangio brings a lot of that experience. My number one guy that I'm shocked you didn't mention, um, but my number one guy that I would love to see to go to Green Bay is uh, uh, Pat Fitzgerald at a Northwestern. Northwestern coach, yeah. So, in the, this period of time, so he's, he's got some link. He's got some link to the Packers because. Uh, uh, where, where was that? What was I talking about? Uh, Pat Fitzgerald links to the Packers. Packers. Okay, gotcha. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> Literally, Woo! in the span right. of a half a second, you yeah, completely yeah, yeah. lost so, what you so were So Mark Murphy you, was, the, uh, uh, was the athletics director for Northwestern when they hired Fitzgerald. So he's got some 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 ownership uh, tie there, right? Some, 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 uh, some CEO tie. Uh, plus, during his time with Northwestern over the past 13 seasons— He's brought them to nine bowl games. That's I mean, impressive. that's that's. I mean, you're oh, that's, about Northwestern. You know what I mean, right? That's double the amount of bowl games than they have seen ever in their entire existence as a college program. Uh, so you know, huge. Now he said that he's not considering the NFL. He's not going. It's not happening. Not Northwestern for life. Blah blah blah. So you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but uh, but yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, listen, I, I like a lot of. Uh, I like a lot of the coaching options that are out there. I honestly only like one. Uh, again, Adam Gase is the only one that I really, really love in the coaching carousel that were previous head coaches and go somewhere else and have success. Um, quick, quick question. In the teams that are in the playoffs, is there any teams or coaches that you think if they're one and done, they're going to be fired as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, uh, I have him as well. You know, I think that this could be a... Uh, this is the time for him, so he's got to figure that shit out quick. <laughs> um, you know, aside from Jason Garrett, I don't, I don't see any like pending doom for any team that's in the playoffs that's right the way now. You put that o- only because like there's no other team that I can think of that's got like a a crazy ridiculous amount of talent that's in the playoffs right now that should have gone farther shouldn't have been a wild card team like i'm just i'm just not saying it i mean maybe you you might be able to say Pete Carroll but i don't think Pete Carroll's going anywhere like i, I just yeah i don't think there's another team i think Jason Garrett is the biggest but i do have one other that i keep my eye on if they're one and done i'm interested Houston because, really yeah because he's been there Bill O'Reilly yeah oh, yeah um, he's been there. He's been rumored to be on the hot seat the past season or two. He brought in talent, and Watson got hurt, which is why he was still there. All right, now they, of course, they played good this year. Okay, but no. I don't know if it's enough. Like if they go into Indy, or if Indy comes in there and just royally beats the doors off of them, they might see it as you know he was here previously, couldn't get anything done. 
They bring Watson in. Okay, now he was hurt last year. We gave you another year. You get to the playoffs, and then you just get destroyed at home. Maybe instead of like wasting more years with him not being able to do anything with that team, if maybe they just quick release, fire exit, jump out the window, get rid of him, and see if they like one of these other options better to link up with Watson and that offense and maybe take it to another level going forward. I still think Jason Garrett is the biggest, but out of all the other playoff teams, that's the only other one I can really see. I think anything else would be surprising, but I think with him on the past in the hot seat and them getting Watson and him being hurt, the only reason he's still there, I think it's a very good chance that if it's not a close game and the Colts go in there and really dismantle Houston, that at least it's a strong consideration in that front. I said Bill O'Reilly as in the journalist, yeah, but I, I obviously uh, bent Bill O'Brien. That's okay. I know but, what you uh, meant. <clears throat> but at any rate, at any rate, yeah, I, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Because, like, isn't this the moment that he's been building for, really? Yeah, like, but the thing is, I think a lot of it has, like, think of the pieces that were already there. Like, your, our boy Hopkins was already there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? JJ. They still don't have a great running game. They've been able to be solid this year with Lamar Miller. They've had pieces on defense, but a lot of them are aging, but it's the same pieces that were already there. So the only difference really is you're talking about Tyron Matthew on the defense, which he's had a solid year, but it hasn't been worldly, okay? And you're talking about Watson, and that's what I mean. Watson was having a great rookie year, got hurt. He was on the hot seat, got hurt, so they give him another year to see what they do. And yes, they make the playoffs. They win the division, though it wasn't handedly, okay? Colts are competing there. Tennessee's competing there. I'm not saying it's a definite like or a strong possibility like Jason Garrett, but I think it's the only one that I could see that wouldn't surprise me. Okay, that's fair. And it's something they would have to consider if they go in and they don't make it a game this weekend. I'm with you. I'm not like losing my shit if it happens. Like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. right? But or I think any that any of the other ones, I think, oh well, like that would be surprising. Like, I think that here's the deal, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think Watson's. I think Watson's working as well as he is because of Bill O'Brien putting him in a situation to be successful. Really? Oh, yeah. I think that's heavily, heavily I gauged disagree, on uh, his ability okay. to do that. Okay, I can see that. But anyway, that's it. All right, so going into the final part of the show, we have the wild card weekend coming up this week. We're going to go through each playoff matchup. I want you, I don't, Before I don't we go through the playoff matchup, Rachel, I'm curious. Where do we stand on the butts? <laughs> so... I did, I did a little extra thinking into this. Oh, okay. A little extra research. At, I wasn't just looking at their butts. Extra curriculum. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, we got the thigh game going on too or what? what no. we got? She's going overall hotness. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Odell Beckham Jr., he, he's a little obsessed with himself. <laughs> yes, okay. that's true. That's, that's very so, factual. Put it mildly. You don't need to watch like, football to know that, so that's good. Yeah. I like that. So, I like that. Um, that is to put it mildly, I'm not no really, not really digging his ramen noodle hair going on right <laughs> now. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> it's pretty gross. But he does, have, he does have some, you know, I like his muscles and his tattoos. Okay. Yeah, that's a gotcha. plus. I mean, that's obviously why you're with me, too, so that's perfect. <laughs> But I'm I'm leaning more towards Saquon Barkley. Why? Um, it he, has to be the thighs and the butt. It's got to yeah, be the thighs yeah, and the butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's not like I couldn't find him on any social media. Like, he's not obsessed with himself. No. And he has a nice, clean, like, pretty face, and he doesn't have tattoos, but he has nice muscles and butt. So. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, stand-up, classy guy compared to True. Guy kind of obsessed no with doubt. himself. I mean, I, uh, interesting way of taking it with the ramen noodle hair, but that considered, like like she said, the clean cut of Barkley and stuff like that. And, I mean, Odell, he has hands. That might that might help you in the long run. Oh! But, but oh, Barkley, Barkley is a running back built for power and speed. He, his, his calves, 
could eat anyone. Okay, that's true. So right. So between that and like, hit, I mean, we talk about his balance, which you talk about the thighs, calves, backside, which she was looking at. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. By yeah, you know, I'm not either. Now we all know. So now everybody listening right now, we know how to get to Rachel, right? So you need to be this clean is gonna be cut. a weekly thing now. <laughs> so the criteria is clean cut with muscles and tattoos. And a nice butt. No, Saquon doesn't have tattoos. No, but he's saying in I'm general, saying in like general. If you can mix and match, like positives yeah. for you. Yeah. Clean cut muscles, tattoos, and a nice butt. And thighs. And thighs. You know, thank God you just Tall. really named me. So I mean, I'm like totally in on this, 100. Um, percent Time to hit the gym, buddy. <clears throat> oh, oh wow. Call it radio. This radio took wow. a really weird turn. Um, wow. You just set yourself up yeah. for failure. What do you? Just like his Packers. <laughs> like, um, but going into the playoff matchups, okay, wild card weekend, we're going to go in order. All right, first matchup game this season, or this wild card round, on Saturday, 4.30, we got the Colts at the Texans. All right, who's your choice? Give me a score, and then if you want, I'm going to do the over-under, but what do you got? Colts at Texans. Ugh. Come on, dude. It's the playoffs. Give me some fire. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Do you want me to go first? No. Oh, shit. 31-24 Colts. Ooh, okay. Uh, I have Colts 30-27. Oh, wow. Um, okay, we were the, close. The over-under is 47.5 points. Oh, I'm taking the so, over. So we both took the over on that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The Texans are given a point, uh, or the Colts are being given a point and a half. Okay. So we both would take the Colts in that matchup regardless of the point. For sure. Um, I do, they're, they're high scoring teams, even with good defenses. Okay. But the thing is, Andrew Luck's going to go out there. He's arguably the best quarterback they faced all season. Okay. He's going to go out there. He's going to put up points. Watson's not going to let it get out of his way. He's going to fight for that team to keep it close. I expect a close game. Um, it might even be an overtime game. Ooh. But um, I do think it's going to be over. They're, they're two, two good offenses. Uh, but I do expect Colts to win that game like you. Um, Seahawks at the Cowboys. Um, the Seahawks are being given two points. The over and under is 43 and a half. I'm taking... 43 and a half. Just doing some math really quick on what I think the score is going to be. Um, uh, I'd, I'd fall like right on there, actually. I'd fall a little over, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go with 27-17 Seattle. Ooh. So I'm just, so just, is that just the over? 27-17, yeah, that's 44. Just the over, yeah, right. right. Just um, the over. You're talking about being just, barely just the over, yeah. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys, and it's not too far off from you. Taking the Cowboys 27-20. Okay. Okay. So also taking the over. A um, okay. couple extra points. But yeah, 27-20. I expect it to be a good game. Um, that's going to be interesting. Okay. Next game. Sunday, 1 o'clock. By the way, the Cowboys game was 8 o'clock Saturday. Chargers at Ravens. Over and under 41.5 points. Um, and the Ravens, uh, sorry, the Chargers are getting 2.5. I'm taking the under on that game for sure. Uh, I'm going to say this game's going to end like 21-14, uh, and I am taking the Chargers. Uh, 
I am also taking the Chargers uh, and just barely, barely uh, getting the thing. I'm going 20-17, to 17, also Ooh. possibly another overtime game. So I'm taking the under as well. Uh, 2017 Chargers, and then final game, Sunday, 440, Eagles at Bears. This was probably my hardest to pick, um, both winner and score-wise. Over-under is at 41 points, and the Bears are favored by five and a half points. So basically the Eagles are being given five and a half points uh, to match up with the Bears. What do you got? Yeah, I'm taking the under on that for sure. And I'm saying the Bears win 21-13. I'm, I am going to say that... Maybe 20. I'm going to maybe go a little higher. I'll go 24-14. Make a 10-point game. I'm going over on it. I'm going over, but I'm saying that they that the Bears don't cover the spread. Because I think it'll be a closer game than 5.5 points. Wow, okay. really? So I have the Bears Jeez. winning 24 at 20 by an Eagles team that is going to come out to fight... And actually put up some points. 24-20, Bears. You know, I could see the Bears scoring over 30 points before I could see the Eagles hitting 20. See, that's surprising. You know, and, and for someone who had the confidence for the Eagles to take the sixth seed, and oh, they don't have a team in the same division, I seem to have more faith in the Eagles than you do. Agreed. Um, but no, all right. So that was our show. We had a shitload. I really enjoyed this episode. Hell yeah! Um, and it'll be interesting to see what's the outcome of this wild card weekend. If there's any more coaches cut, any more big news going on, any parting shots? Um, no, I, I don't. I don't really have anything. I'm super excited. Uh, go Colts! And I'll see go happens. Colts! Anything for you, Rachel? No. It, what you'll have to work on for the next show is what two or three players we sh- you want us to give you to compare you for, you know, body types next week. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, guys, thank you for listening as always. We're starting the new year off right. We hope this is the beginning of a new and great year for you, and hopefully you'll be able to share it with us. Remember, just like the Mike Mayock thing, let us know what's going on with the playoff matchups, any of the other news you're talking about, any coaches you think we didn't name, um, but we want this year to be big not only for us and for you, but for the show in general. So make sure to hit us up if you can. We'll make sure to harass the shit out of you. Um, again, shout out to my little cousins, Addison, Autumn, and Ashlyn. Good night, guys. And remember, there's always room on the couch for you. Tune in next time and score some points with the Couch Coaches.